0: Orange in the Central West, 105.1 Triple M. Time to talk agriculture now. Bruce Reynolds is online. Good morning to you, Bruce. Good G'day, Al. Now, the warm weather continues. Are we still seeing the crops being brought on quicker than normal?
1: Yeah, look, uh, these daytime temperatures are really moving everything forward. Uh, harvest is well underway uh, across that parks, forbes. And even the Cowra area with canola, and probably wheat's not that far away. Um, so yeah, we're, we're probably sitting about 10 to 14 days ahead of what you would class as normal. And of course, last year at this time, we were having massive floods um, mm. and you know, flood damage, etc. So it's amazing, 12 months on, and, and the crops were very late. We were, we were looking you know, two weeks later than what you'd call as average, this year we're possibly up to two weeks earlier than average, so maybe even nearly a month difference between last year and this year. But contrasting seasons, very much so, Neil, with um, a lot less rainfall this year and a lot less pasture growth and uh, very luckily a lot less or no flooding at all at this stage unless you happen to be under a gully raker.
0: Mm, Yeah, yeah, all right. I've been travelling around a bit and I've noticed that there's been hay being made south of here.
1: Yeah, look, as in that the hay balers are out, as in the, the warmer conditions, and, and that rainfall that we talked about there a few weeks ago really actually got a reasonable amount of pasture growth so you could make some hay. Again, not a, a fantastic season for the, the quantity of hay, but look, I've seen some paddocks that are uh, being turned into hay and there's still some open crops that probably will be in the next couple of weeks, but the, the warm daytime temperatures have made haymaking quite, Um, reasonable and within a few days of of cutting the the grass or the the pasture, you're actually making hay. So yeah, Mm. there there is a a bit around, not probably as much as in a very good season, but still it's great to see that we are producing a bit of hay again this year and uh, hopefully putting it into the shed for potentially dry days ahead.
0: Mm. I saw uh, a fair bit of uh, wheat harvest around Way as well.
1: Yeah, look, everything is is moving and moving rapidly, and as I said, we're we're probably that month earlier than last year, and a dry finish to the season brings on the crop a lot quicker. Hopefully, there's not too much pinch grain, and as as we were talking about last week with potentially some frost damage, there may be some pinch grain with that frost damage as well. But fingers crossed, a fair few producers are getting a reasonable quality and quantity off their harvest in that Canandra and back towards that Forbes area. Mm.
0: All right. Uh, Let's talk cherries. I'm guessing they're also ripening quickly?
1: Rapidly. It's just amazing. Three or four warm nights plus the days have really started to bring on some of those earlier varieties. As we said, picking's already underway on those very early varieties, but some of your mainstream varieties may well be in by very early December. Some of those really tasty, juicy uh, flavours and varieties. So, yeah, th- things are progressing, l- like with the, the cereal pride side and the pasture side, uh, at a rapid rate. All right. Now, we last week we talked
0: about cherry exports. If they're coming on sooner, uh, are we already starting to see cherries exported?
1: So I'm hearing around the traps that, yes... Even some of the local fruit is already going overseas. And in some cases, a fair bit of local fruit is going overseas. Not a lot of it's hitting the domestic market at this stage, which is good as to try and keep that fruit off the domestic market, but also to establish markets. So hopefully you know, up to at least Christmas out of this area that we can supply cherries to the export market, at least mid-December this year, but hopefully getting towards Christmas. So it'll just take that pressure off the domestic market because it is a real worry. Uh, if, if we put too many cherries. And prices, from what I hear, are reasonable on the export side. So, yeah, there's an incentive to, to get a, a percentage of the fruit overseas at this stage, which hopefully goes bodes well for local growers in getting a reasonable return. But the next couple of weeks, probably the next three weeks, will start to determine what the returns are like. Mm,
0: okay. Now, in the past, we've discussed the contraction of apple orchards locally. Are there other areas in Australia that are going through this trend?
1: So look, yeah, I'm hearing particularly southern Queensland that the Granite Belt area, that Stanthorpe area, uh, big contraction in the number of growers. From what I hear, possibly a couple more than what we've got around the Orange area, but probably 15 would probably pull up your apple growers in that Stanthorpe area. So another big growing area that has just been contracting similar to to the orange area and uh, the contraction is pretty well taking place towards you know that shepparton area uh where you know well over 50 percent of australia's apples are now being grown but it's not just orange we are seeing it in in other places around australia
0: all right now earlier this week you attended the local government new south wales conference in your capacity as a blaney councillor what are the big issues that came out of that
1: I suppose roads is, is probably the big one, Neil, uh, the, the feedback, the, the need for more financial assistance for roads. Uh, there, are, there are a heap of different issues, but from an agricultural point of view, yeah, the lo- local government sector is aware, is trying. The word betterment came out on a number of occasions, I'm trying to actually, if you uh, fix up a road, upgrade it to a, a better level so that it doesn't flood as easily or doesn't a pothole as easily as potentially what's happened in the past but the big challenge and it was highlighted at that conference again is it costs a lot to make a road better than what it originally was it takes a lot more gravel and the price of gravel has is, is gone through the roof as well so uh, as, as well as you know um, Concrete piping and um, culverts and and bridges, the the price of bridges, again, has has Mm. gone exponentially up in the last three or four years. Uh, I think from personal experience, I've I've seen potentially at least a two and a half, if not threefold increase in the price to build a bridge in about the last four years.
0: Okay, so local government uh, talking to state and federal governments, are they listening?
1: Well, it was interesting. We we did have some speakers from the, the federal, or more speakers speakers from the state, but there was at least one federal um, minister that was uh, talking to the conference. They say they're listening, and, and hopefully they are. But what I'm hearing is a lot more reviews, a lot more analysis. Um, hopefully, uh, that those reviews find that there there are issues, particularly with the, the funding formula. Uh, A lot of people are saying that the, the current funding model for local government is broken. Uh, so we'll, we'll wait and see what those reviews find, but then again, it's up to the government to potentially implement the, the findings of those reviews. So we'll, we'll wait and see. At this stage, there's, there's a lot of concern that uh, yeah, how to actually better the roads, how to, to fund uh, an improvement in those roads in particular.
0: All right. Uh, Bruce Reynolds is with us this morning, Talking Agriculture. Appreciate your time as always. Thanks, mate. Yes. Have a good day. Thanks, Neil.